there are some people that absolutely are not for mutuality. They're not for secure relating except for themselves. And it's not really secure relating. It's power over. So the only distinction that we have is like you're on the journey of mutuality and justice and human rights or you're not. But it's not a gender thing. It's not a Republican Democrat thing. It's not a liberal conservative. It's not. This is a warm path for anybody who's willing to uncover the stuff that we need to uncover to be able to be, you know, basically our best, wisest, big hearted self. And then you get to do whatever you want to do with that. Because if you really are on the journey, it means you're interested in beyond just yourself. Like that's one of the requirements. So if you're interested in supporting and creating fairness beyond you, you're on our bus, you're on the earning security bus. (laughs) We welcome you. And yeah, let's go for this ride. Welcome to Therapist Uncensored. Building on decades of professional experience, this podcast tackles neurobiology, modern attachment, and more in an honest way that's helpful in healing humans. Your session begins now with Dr. Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. Hey everyone, welcome to Therapist Uncensored. I'm Ann Kelly. And I'm Sue Marriott, and you have just joined a podcast that... We've been doing this for how long Eight now? years, believe it or not. We're starting the eighth season, although I think we quit calling them seasons because that's how podcasts have moved. <laughs> that's true. So we've been doing this a long time, and we have had the privilege of interviewing some of the most incredible guest experts, which you can find in our archives, free always to the public. But we've had the opportunity to gather our some of our thoughts, a lot of our thoughts, very, very, a whole bunch of our thoughts. <laughs> For years of thoughts in, in written. <laughs> and it's the accumulation of our experience as therapists, as human beings in the world, as partners, and as podcast hosts, working with this material in this in-depth way. And we pulled those thoughts together in a book that we have submitted. It's in, it's in the publisher's hands and being produced as we cannot, yay, can I? <laughs> Boy, the relief of that is just beyond it. So it's really, really exciting to both of us. It's coming out April 30th. Which is a million years away. <laughs> and tomorrow. <laughs> as far as I'm yes. concerned, you know, now that we're finished writing it, I wish I could just hand it out right now. But we've been distracted with that. Not distracted. We've been intentionally focusing on that. And in doing that, you know, as we lift our heads up and think again about the podcast and think about what we want to do, our first thoughts go to our online community, which is consistent with our message, I think, Anne, that we're wanting to build connections and build secure relating and help facilitate connections, which means connections with each other, not just with us. So we already have this incredible community and because of this community, we have been able to donate a whole lot of like corporate, you hear ads and things like that. Some of that goes to. It goes to helping to promote mental health in underserved communities. That's right. Like promote it and provide access to those who have traditionally been left behind. So that's one of the things that we appreciate and just want to acknowledge it's also one of the reasons we started the podcast, right? Which is why it's been a wonderful addition to be able to do the the sponsorships and then give money as we started the podcast to be able to bring this wealth of information we're talking about far and wide to people who can't walk into a therapist's office. 
they don't have access, they don't have finances, or maybe it's in their culture. Yeah. So we're, we're thrilled about all of that. And we want to spend just a couple of minutes talking a little bit more about the community. And then we're going to share some little sneak peeks, since it's fresh in our mind, about some of the kind of high level stuff that we're covering in the book and that we'll continue to cover. We have on the show, but it's fresh in our minds. And I'm like really excited about it. Like it's good. And it's like not the same old thing. It's not going to be the same, you know, where we start with Bowlby. You know, I feel bad. I just said, don't start with Bowlby. But the truth is therapists, sometimes when you go to like a conference on attachment and we have to start 70 years ago, which has been 70 years, I won't say that we know the story of Bowlby, but we know the story that is told often about attachment. And I'm proud that in the book that we've really expanded that and deepened it and absolutely started there, but it's going to be a lot more. So that's exciting, but I digress (laughs) (laughs) because before we do that, going back to the community, because this is what this is about, we are so committed to, you know, a little bit more focus there and developing programming or opportunities for people to connect with one another that we added a staff member. We have somebody who is dedicated to building the community, growing it and creating opportunities to connect. So we're going to be unfolding some new things, but as of right now, we're not ready to announce that yet till we get all of our ducks in a row. But as of now, just a quick reminder about some of the benefits of joining this community, besides helping us be able to provide access to those traditionally left behind, which is a very important part of it. A lot of people that are already in the community, I think don't know this, but you get access to a feed that has no ads which for me, that would be enough of a reason to join right there. It's as low as $5 a month. There's different tiers depending on what you're able to give. But the other thing is we do a thing called reading pods. And we love that. Do you want to say a little bit about the reading pods? It's an exciting way for people to get together and expand their knowledge. But it's kind of our premise of our entire book, with people, being with and in community. So you get to expand your knowledge on books that you might not otherwise read, or if you've ever been reading something and like, I really think it would be helpful to talk through this with other people. These groups have been great. Some groups, they get together, they work together. They're from all over the world. It's all online, but that they, you know, maybe join for one book and then they expand to start to read different ones and continue. And they form this little network of people that care about one another. And I love that. It's one of our most exciting things about our podcast. Yeah. We can form a reading pod about any book where there's enough energy and, you know, interest in learning. And sometimes it's because the book is hard. And so it's good to be able to talk about it. And sometimes it's just more fun. And again, this is going to continue to develop. There's also going to be pods around different episodes, particularly some of the more dense episodes, the series, for example, to be able to have people to talk with about what you're learning on the podcast or in the book that you're sharing and reading. They're peer-led, which has turned out to be really, really great because it's scalable. So we can do more and more of them. And we have somebody who is managing that. And it's awesome. It's really fun. One of the benefits, several authors have been willing to jump on with a group members at the very end of them. That's right. And so, oh yeah, that's why it's really Yeah, exciting. that's really fun. I think David Elliott did that. Uh, Jill Bolte-Taylor did that, right? I think Carol George yeah, uh, so it's, said that she would do that. It's a really kind of fun yeah. way to expand your connections and get to know the great minds behind some of this really great research and work. So in addition to those reading pods, other learning opportunities come up. 
you know, they pop up and then nothing happens for a little while and then the new one pops up. But we always go with the community first and make those offerings there. And then also as we produce things, we, you know, we've got a little store that, uh, again, all of that goes to the, it's not a nonprofit technically, but it's the way that we work, work it. So t-shirts and all those things all would go to this uh, nonprofit arm. We need a new term for that, but the uh, charitable arm, I don't know. Charitable arm of Therapist Uncensored. (laughs) Right. But NeuroNerd patrons all get discounts for all those things. And there is a dedicated Facebook group and so on and so on. So there's lots of great benefits to it. We haven't mentioned it in a long time. So we did want to spend just a minute reminding everybody about it, thanking those of you who are already joined. Yeah. And sometimes and this will happen soon, actually, we'll have all aboard meetings and not webinars, but more just discussion, you know, like being able to meet and greet everybody. So Lots of great reasons to join. If you want to join, you would go to therapistuncensored.com backslash join. (laughs) J-O-I-N. I'm doing a commercial. (laughs) But it does help us. And again, this is a great time to join because we are developing some exciting things. And we have the the dedicated staff now to help us develop that. And that's part of why we're wanting to talk about it because we're really excited about the book has been quite consuming in a good way, in a really positive way, because it's just a place where we're going to be able to consolidate so much that we find really important to the community. So now it's kind of exciting to say, okay, now let's continue to build the community. And it's not just for supporting the podcast. What we want, and it's really the crux of the book as we go through it, is we want to really be a source for building connections. And we talk about our tagline is building security one conversation at a time. That was our tagline years and years ago. And so we're wanting to form other ways for people, especially right now. There's just sometimes there's so there is so much going on in the world and it can be so disheartening and difficult. And we've gotten really excited about this arm of our podcast to be able to build these kind of networks, one conversation at a time where people can work together to build a sense of security with one another. Maybe you listen to a podcast and you get really excited and you want to talk about it and you could have a group of people that really can connect about the different topics, whether it's something about attachment or the Barbie movie, you know, and you want to have a conversation with somebody that listened to the concepts. And so we're excited about it. And by the Barbie movie, what I was thinking was like, it's not just every book or movie. There is a through line of this tying back to secure relating and uh, attachment. So speaking of secure relating. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's talk about it. That's the name of our book. It's called uh, Secure Relating, Holding Your Own in an Insecure World. We even have a cover. We're excited about that. And why don't we, and just kind of high level go through the three parts Mm -hmm. and we can just kind of chat about the different parts of the book. And again, it's not just to point you to the book, although that would be helpful too. And it is available for (laughs) (laughs) pre-order. You can find it at securerelatingbook.com or on our website, of course. So I'll be the only time I'll say that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You'll see it again. Let's talk about why we entitled the book Secure Relating. We talk a lot about attachment on this podcast, but secure relating is not the same as secure attachment, is it? No, absolutely not. You can relate securely no matter your history, no matter your age, no matter your bad habits or good habits. 
this is something that's accessible to all of us. No matter your attachment internal working model, some of what we talk about is trying to move your internalized attachment through treatment and through ways of engaging in the world. But we're talking here about how to relate on an everyday basis in a more secure way. And what I also like, this is not just about couples. This is about all sorts of different relationships, whether it's whomever your primary it is, it could be about siblings. It's about learning to relate to the world with your most secure base. So the first part of the book, secure relating. So Anne just talked about that. Holding your own in an insecure world. So how in the world, with everything happening, with the war, with the Middle East atrocities, with the political landscape, with COVID, with climate, how can we stand around and talk about security and secure relating? And yeah, that's basically the premise of the book. How can we feel secure? How can we relate securely from our best self when the world is as shaky as it is? So we examine that whole idea in detail. And spoiler alert, you know, it's like, how can you talk about this when all these things are happening? When we are basically saying, how can you not? Because if we don't talk about it, our bodies get hijacked by social media, by politicians intentionally, you know, donate now. Oh my God, things are going to die. All the things, right? Through just the images and the media. So Our bodies are being assaulted, and this is, I mean, this is just true. There's a whole section about whether or not it's worse now than it ever has been, but regardless of comparing it, people are struggling, and people are hurting, and people are resorting to old ways of comforting that aren't necessarily great for them. And we start to wear out. Many of you out there as listeners could probably feel it and just how our bodies and our systems start to wear out when we're inundated with all that stress. You loved how you were mentioning, like you got the media, you have all of that. Our bodies wear thin and you can feel it. So that's why, how can we not now? We're so tempted to regress into our most defensive primitive self when we are exhausted and we don't have enough internal resources to be able to handle and cope with the stress. So it feels like that now more than ever, we need to build our own internal resources and be able to connect with each other instead of be critical and defend and... Absolutely. Like protecting our own mental state to stay connected with ourselves so that we can then do the hard work in the world. The other thing that we're really proud of with the book is that we're moving the conversation about attachment from the individual, and we're really widening the lens and looking at, there's a whole section called When Systems Make You Insecure. I forgot the, <laughs> the title of it, but the idea of it but is that, oh, when, well, I'm forgetting, when systems promote insecurity or whatever it is. But the idea being that it's not just our history, it's not just our parents, it's not just our current relationship, that there's a whole system and we include all of that. So the three sections that we were going to talk about, so the first section we use this idea called the three R healing spiral and the sections kind of correspond to that. So the first one is about recognition. Well, let's, let's go ahead and go into that. And so in section one with recognition, how would you describe that? The first part, like you said, is that we can't change anything if we don't recognize it. So that's where we start with the, the three. When you mention the three R's, it's like all change loops, right? That's why we called it a spiral, right? So we have to start with recognition of I'm even doing something. It's so hard to recognize when we're in our defense system. 
Well, especially it's unconscious. Yeah. And, yeah. and those of you that have been listening to this podcast for a long time, you're probably really, this is very familiar to you, but when our defense systems, we have no idea most of the time, because especially when we're really activated, we just think we're right and smarter than everybody, or we think we're the worst things and everybody else is smarter, but we don't know that's our actual, our nervous system activating. So the first part of the book, we really go into some brain sciences to help you understand what's happening in your mind, in your body with stress. So it's a more familiar. We have a, a chapter, we called it uh, the Relational Neurobiology 201 or something like that. We're going to give you the need to know about neuroscience and attachment that you can actually understand what's going on and learn to recognize when you're more in your activated state and when you are in more of a secure relating state. Right. We call it the connection system or the protection system. And a thing that I really enjoyed was that we have characters in the book that will follow through their journey. You know, if neurons make your eyes cross, <laughs> then you're going to be in good shape because we do try to make it relatively easy. So that, and that first section is the brainy, you know, we call it the brainiest section. It's going to be more of the left brain learning cognitive work really related to recognition, which was the first R of the three R spiral. And the other thing I would say about recognition before we pass it is that that seems obvious. Like, oh, you have to notice, you have to know you have a problem before you do anything. That seems obvious. And it is. And that's part of, you know, that's not new. But the tricky part of recognition is if you think about, just think about people that you know, that you can tell that they're operating from a defensive place or a snarky place or, you know, not their best self, but they don't know it. I mean, when we talk about recognition, we're talking about recognizing our own rear end when it's hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) And it's harder than it sounds because so much of this functions below conscious awareness. So it sounds simple, but even with Ann and I, when we've been really trying to practice all of this for all of these years, it still happens. And I, it's hard to realize that I could not know something, especially when I'm activated. I think I know and I think I'm right. And if she would just see, it's like I get less and less open to any idea that I might not be right and know things. That's the whole thing. Oh, but if I can recognize that I am so highfalutin. <laughs> And we give lots of ways to help you do that. But I didn't want to leave it like it's just notice what you're doing. You know, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. But yeah, no, it's It is tremendously, tremendously hard when we're talking about ourselves and we're talking about something that's under our awareness. And I think it's so important to know that once we also recognize things, doesn't mean that we can move that into an immediate change just because we recognize it. So that's kind of the theory of the book is it starts with, We have to first recognize it before we can do anything. But once we do, then what? Just having intellectual understanding, like for instance, your example, doesn't really help for me to say, hey, Sue, you're in a defensive place. You need to stop being activated. Do you see you're in your defense? That doesn't really work. First of all, (laughs) wait, 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 let's be clear. You do not talk like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's true. That's therapy speak, and human beings do not speak that way. Even if therapists. I pointed out, White Rune, you're in the defensive mode, or if I, you know, like it doesn't work, or if I know that I'm activated. Right. It'll just make me more defensive. And if I know that I'm activated, it doesn't mean that I can know how to immediately change it. And that's the second part of the book, basically. We go from the first part where it's about learning to recognize things. And what I enjoyed in this journey was trying to make it a step by step process 
of building? How do we go from recognizing something to being able to deal with it and then to being able to make the kind of changes that you really want rather than just getting angry at yourself or your partner for acting in your defensive and pointing it out? We need to slow down and really think about what's getting activated, have compassion, why it's getting activated so that it's like, oh, you're getting activated because this important thing is getting kicked off. So the middle section of the book about building agency is about how do you take all that awareness and start to make the deeper change? And we're integrating at this point a lot of attachment in our biology. You know what we forgot to mention that in the first part of the book is when we really outline our framework for the modern attachment regulation spectrum. And what that is, and and again, longtime listeners will recognize it, we call it MARS, but sometimes conceptually learning about these things and just hearing about it is really hard. So in that first section about awareness, we went ahead and really outlined and brought visual images in the book that will help you integrate the knowledge that you're learning and have an ability to recognize it through this integrated, more easy to understand model. Another thing we didn't mention was, you know, we've mentioned about talking about attachment, but another thing I feel really good about is that we we did talk about attachment, but we talked about all the aspects of attachment, the biology of it. We talked about developmental attachment in infancy. We talked about the adult attachment models, you know, basically bringing you all the way up to date to today and the way that people are, language that people are using and the way that people are thinking about all the different categories. And the other thing related to the spectrum that Anne was just talking about is that rather than just thinking in terms of categories, like I am preoccupied, I am avoidant or dismissive. I mean, people are complex and also I'm not always dismissive. I'm only sometimes (laughs) dismissive. So we brought it to a spectrum and basically the way we work with it through the whole book is more dynamic so that it can be highly individualized and that it can change over time. So that's another thing I'm excited about. Are we ready for part two? Yes, let's do it. So the second R in the three R spiral is reflection. And just like Ann was saying, just because we recognize it or I can consciously be aware that I do that thing doesn't necessarily help us. But when we begin to actively work on a reflection, an example of reflection would be, you know, when somebody's actively in therapy, they know they have stuff, they're beginning to put together their triggers, they're beginning to understand the underlying story that created the trigger. Like it's kind of the active work part. And in this section, we're really excited about this because for some people, you're going to want to pick up the book and just go to this one section. Right. Because what we did is we broke down, it's called Building Agency. We have a chapter that is about warming up blue activation. And again, it's not just about changing somebody that lives more in a dismissing place into their whole internal working model, moving more secure. It's about when we are having kind of more dismissing activation and we live a lot in that how do we start to build a more secure way of relating? So it's warming up, blue activation, cooling down, red activation. And then we even had a chapter about how to kind of move towards resolving trauma and it's resolving the unresolved. Yeah. And so each chapter is a deep dive, a really deep dive with tons of examples and more characters that you get to know. So anything that you want to know. And so I really can, I'm imagining somebody that's maybe 
that Lane's read or that might be secure, handing this book and turning to chapter eight for somebody who's a little bit more uh, zipped up and on the blue end of the spectrum. We haven't said this specifically, but longtime listeners will recognize that the colors we're using are related to the model that Anne mentioned earlier with very briefly with the blue and the left side being more of like a dismissing state of mind and red and the, on the right side kind of up is more of the preoccupied, anxious state of mind, you know, activated versus like maximizing things versus minimizing things. So that's that. So we're really excited about that. And we really do. And probably the middle of the book could stand alone. But what's good is by, yes, I can identify myself in say chapter eight, but with the knowledge of the part one, then that's really going to help us actually be able to change something instead of just either feel ashamed or feel called out or get a, like a light bulb of like, woohoo, yeah, that's me. It's like, what do we do with that? And that's the whole book is designed of like, it's not just identifying something, it's what to do with it. Yeah. One of the sections that I really enjoyed writing and working on is the common dynamics we see. You know, common dynamics, somebody that may live a little bit more in the red what kind of common dynamics do we see in the people we've been working with in our own lives and suggestions for how to intervene or how to deal with these dynamics. So that was a section in each one of these. Yeah. Whether it be yourself and noticing it in yourself, but also this is where it gets really fun is when you're noticing it in someone else, you see that they're in their protection circuit and you can even tell which direction they're in. And then, you know, you're going to be empowered with what to do to try to help cool them off or, you know, bring them back to a more secure place. Okay, let's take a quick break and thank our sponsor, OneSkin. There are so many skin creams on the market and finding one that really works sometimes is overwhelming and can seem impossible. I look for products in general that focus on research and development, and this is why I was drawn to OneSkin. It was founded by a team of four female PhD scientists with over 15 years of experience studying the biology of aging. So they tested almost a thousand peptides before they landed on OS1. Now the OS1 peptide targets age cells, also called senescent cells which is the main source of skin aging. So the buildup of old cells impairs the collagen production and leads to loss of firmness. And OS1 has been found to actually reduce the biological age of the skin by reducing the number of the senescent cells by up to 50%. Uh, so their S1 phase is clinically validated, both in their in-house R&D, as well as their third-party 12-week clinical study and it improved firmness by 95.5% and wrinkles uh, in about 80, 87%. It just overall improved tone and appearance. And I feel I can tell the difference in my own skin. Our listeners get 15% off with the code TU. You go to oneskin.com and enter the code TU for 15% off. That's oneskin.com. That code is TU for 15% off. I think you're really going to like it. So Anne would say, I am a fussy sleeper, and it's true that I'm sensitive to the temperature as it changes with the weather. That's why I just love our sheets from Cozy Earth Bedding. They keep me cozy all year round. Cozy Earth Bedding is made using only the finest premium viscose from highly sustainable bamboo. It feels luxurious, but it's also responsibly sourced. 
Cozy Earth is also the brand that made Oprah's favorite things five years in a row. And that speaks volumes. Whether it's their comfortable sheets, which you can get in five different colors, or their loungewear, pajamas, or bath collection, once you know you like the brand, which we do, then it's fun to shop at Cozy Earth. Plus, Ann and I use the cool reusable canvas bag that the sheets come in all the time. Our listeners will receive 35% discount if you go there now. That's CozyEarth.com slash T-U. So be sure to use that code, CozyEarth.com, and it's Cozy, C-O-Z-Y, CozyEarth.com slash T-U, so that you get that 35% discount. And then part three. Yeah, we call that section our rewiring section, like it's creating deep change. That's right. And it's the third R of the healing spiral, which is the rewiring. And you know, something we didn't mention, this is just how we roll as we kind of pop back and forth, right? (laughs) But in the first section, there's a whole chapter on when systems create insecurity. And we go into a lot of detail about all of the different, this is actually a really important part of the book that I wanted to highlight around culture, how socioeconomics matter, how race matters, you know, what about gender and attachment? What about polygamy and alternative family systems? How does that relate to attachment? So that's all in there as well. So it was a wide scope, you know, that we covered quite a bit. It's a hard book to stop writing, to be honest with you, because just as we write, there's so much more that we could have written in each one of these sections, but we wanted people to really, and for us to really look at how does race really impact our defense system and how we engage with one another? How does gender impact our defense system and how we relate to the world and how the world relates to us? And how the research has been either not incorporating enough or in the process of incorporating it more. So it was, it felt like a, it was really a big part of our passion, wasn't it? To make sure that that was really covered in this book. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, how race impacts attachment. So one of the points was it's also like how systems that target race impact human relating and our nervous system and the stress response system just because of widespread, whether it be racism or all of the isms. That was the hardest chapter for sure. And I'm positive that if we, it's going to be so great, they're going to want a second edition that will be, you know, expanded upon. I, you know, we'll learn more by then and, you know, be able to really nail that. Okay. Third R, rewire. This section is all about treatment. And it's about the actual change, not just, you know, we make the point that, yeah, we can learn something and be inspired, but if it doesn't percolate down into our bodies and into our implicit sense of ourselves and our nervous system, if it doesn't really get in there, then it's just landing kind of on the, I'm patting my head. It just lands up here cognitively. And we know, especially, you know, I'm so ADD, it's not even funny, but those things that land on top of our brain, they go, (laughs) but the things that we've internalized into our body there's no way to ever forget it. It's mm, a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of change we're talking about in part three. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And how we divided that whole section up is first, I mean, let's go back to the core secure relating in an insecure world. So the flow is how to really engage with the worlds. We have to start with ourselves. So the first chapter is deepening security inside ourselves because we have to start there. We have to learn to engage when the world is activating or somebody's on the news intentionally activating our body into rage, if we 
just follow that lead because our body's activated to do so, then we don't have the capacity to engage with those people, with ourselves or anybody else in a deepening way. So we have to start with ourselves. So that chapter is really a deep dive into deeper body work, ways to find more grounding in an individual selves. And then we move to a relational one, deepening security between us and in relationships. But on the individual one too, part of going inward, and this was a thing that we balanced throughout, was there is the intrapsychic and attachment has historically been very interested. Well, psychoanalysis and psychotherapy has been interested, you know, just in the inner world. And then attachment and what Bowlby did and Ainsworth and everybody was bridge that to it's not just your inner world, it's across. So it's parent-child, it's not just the adult sitting in front of you. But if we're only looking at ourselves individually, even if I am secure, you know, my neighbor is not and maybe shouldn't be because of the systems that they're embedded in. I'm thinking in particular right now about our trans friends and family and neighbors and clients and people that we love and so many that we don't know that there's all this legislation that is really extremely hostile to them. And, you know, there's an exodus from Texas right now related to some of the political things that are happening. So what I'm getting to is how can I be secure when other people aren't? But the reason that we start individually is because if I'm not regulated, I'm not going to be effective at creating change in the world. So oxygen mask on us first, but it's not to end there. It's to help us be effective in the world in the ways to promote security for everybody. And when we talk about regulated, it's like, this isn't a book that's just saying, hey, just mind your temper so that you can listen better. This is about like how to take care of yourself so that you feel a more deep sense of security. That's the core through the book is actually experiencing a deeper sense of security inside yourself so that you really can engage with that activated person in a way that feels more robust rather than just suppressed. Because it's easy to like, oh, okay, I'm going to suppress my reaction. And I'm going to tell you, you need to not, I'm going to finger wag you. You need to not activate. But that doesn't work, whether you're, somebody's finger wagging you or you're finger wagging yourself because you know better to act like that. That doesn't help anybody. So the thread throughout is how to deepen the feeling inside of you so that the base feels more secure what it gives you when you come from that location, when you come from a place. What it gives you and also what it promotes in the other people, which is that by you being safe, then they feel safe. We basically re-regulate one another. But also we make the distinction that security is not the same thing as safety. And I really like incorporating that. So it's not that I feel safe or that I am safe, but even under threat and even in danger, I can be in a secure relating mode. And the more that you are, the more effective you're going to be. So this isn't to diminish actual danger, but what we're saying is, I mean, safety is a privilege. So safety isn't required. Actual physical safety isn't required to cultivate a secure state where we can hold onto our mind, even when we feel threatened and we don't dysregulate and, you know, we don't pop into our protective system. We can maintain our thinking. When it leads into the next chapter, doesn't it? Like that's why we start with this one as a state of individual change. And then the next is how do we hold that and then deepen security between us? And you mentioned that, like as we really take care of ourselves internally, we're promoting a connection with other people that's a more secure way of relating. And again, there is quite a bit about 
couples in there in the book, but it is also, like I said before, it's about friendships. It's about developing security between us as parents. Yes. Siblings. How do we Well, that's kind of your favorite part. (laughs) It's like, well, just the how we bounce off each other and being able to talk about that and teach that. And the characters, you know, Anna's particularly good at just, she's a good couples therapist. And so I think that was a part that you really had a lot of fun with. That is my my passion chapter, I would agree. <laughs> that was, that's my passion chapter, if there's one, yes. And then the last chapter, uh, ah, I think yes. it's chapter 13, is about rewiring as a community. And again, we go back to the larger system because we have to, because we are in it and uh, the world is shaky. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I think if I think about the evolution of the book, I think for me it started more in my mind almost as a couple's book. Yet I think we both sort of ended with a lot of passion in the ending, and that's Deepening Security Among Us. Just that's why the title of the book ended up in an insecure world, that it's a really difficult time. If we don't learn how to relate to one another as a community and not pot off and just protecting those that we identify with, that's in our own clan and we talk a lot in this about groupthink, how every one of us, ourselves included, get manipulated by groupthink. We go in some real details about how to recognize it in yourself, how to recognize in our leaders when we're being manipulated in certain ways, because that's an important part of recognizing that we're activated. We talk a lot in the podcast about recognizing your own individual defenses. But in this chapter, we're talking about your cultural activation. Actually, I'm thinking more just systemically, right? Like how are the systems you're living in activating you to be biased, to cut off, to live in your more defensive self, rather than at core, we really want to care about one another. We don't want to pot off. We want to promote community. So that chapter, and it's weaved throughout the book, but it's about learning to be able to connect as a community I guess, again, we keep saying there's never a time we need it more than now, and that's questionable, but oh my gosh, do we need it right now? That is so true. And the thing is, it's hopeful. And I'm really happy about that too, is it's hopeful because it is hopeful that we see it every day, people kind of coming out of their own negativity or their own isolation and kind of emerging. But also, you know, there's research that shows that when you're in your secure state of mind, which means that you feel safe enough, your defensive system isn't activated, you're less likely to believe conspiracy. You're less likely to, like prejudiced attitudes and things like that are more amenable to change. You're more open to difference. You are more generous. You're more empathetic. You're more compassionate. You're more compassionate. You're more likely to be able to recognize when somebody's manipulating you or maybe getting you to laugh at somebody that is maybe your political opponent. And, you know, you're less likely to want to engage in behaviors that are distancing. Well, that are divisive and that- Divisive. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Well, and that really promote hatred towards one another and war and fighting and bad guys and good guys and, you know, black and white thinking and all those things. Which is so happening all of, like, I think about it here and just our political parties. We used to be able to be 
in groups of people with very mixed political parties in the United States. And that was fine. We had a lot of great discussions. And now we tend to divide by that. We just got back, you know, being around people from all over the world. And that's happening everywhere where we tend to, we're dividing into our pods all over the world based on people who agree with us. And it's intentional. It's easier to control the masses if we're afraid. And so our passion is know that we don't have to stay that way. We can undo this. We just need a little love and compassion and kindness to bring out all these good qualities that we're talking about that are all there. They're in there and ready to go. But it's not simple. It's not right. We need to learn to give that. You said we need a little love and compassion. We do. We need to give it. And we can't give that when we're activated and we don't recognize it. So we need to give it to be able to build a safer community. When we say community, we are not talking about just those that are on your street or in your city or in your state. We're talking about the community at large. We need each other in this world to be in a secure, relating, motivated state together so that we are challenging ourselves as individuals to engage. And that's the reason we said holding your own in an insecure world. Because if you can hold your own in a more secure way, then like you were saying, we can hold other people. It's really a lot. But one of the things, this is the last thing I want to say, is that it's basically inviting, and we, we don't have to wait for the book. We're doing this right now, is inviting you most of you are already on this journey because you're listening to these podcasts and things like that. But the idea is that we're, we want to cultivate and we want you to cultivate and people around you and in yourself to be on that journey of cultivating, secure, relating, that it's not just you get there and you stay there. It's a process. And we can make more and more active choices about trusting, about believing, about setting a boundary that we need to set so that we can take care of ourselves, about reducing media, it's going to be highly individual. There's people listening from all over the world right now. We don't know exactly your circumstances, but you do. And as you look around you, it's like, what do you need to do to protect your heart, to protect your mind so that your best self can emerge and, and can help others emerge as well? Yeah, we don't need to wait for the book for that. That's, that's the message. That's what the podcast has been about. But we're getting more focused on that particular message. And so if you're on the journey you know, we're with you. We're with you on the journey. <laughs> the last thing I want to say about that is there are some people that are not on the journey. And this gets a little whatever, but there are some people that don't want to look at themselves, that are not wanting to uncover their bad behaviors, that are not interested in introspection, or they're not interested in other people's minds. And not just because that they haven't been trained and they don't know. I'm not, I don't mean that. There's a lot of people that it's new, but that they're willing and open with enough support. But there are some people that absolutely are not for mutuality. They're not for secure relating, except for themselves. And it's not really secure relating, it's power over. So the only distinction that we have is like you're on the journey of mutuality and justice and human rights, or you're not. But it's not a gender thing. It's not a Republican Democrat thing. It's not a liberal conservative. It's yeah. not. This is a warm path for anybody who's willing to uncover the stuff that we need to uncover to be able to be, you know, basically our best, wisest, big hearted self. And then you get to do whatever you want to do with that. Because if you really are on the journey, it means you're interested in beyond just yourself. 
Like that's one of the requirements. So if you're interested in supporting and creating fairness beyond you, you're on our bus, you're on the earning security bus. (laughs) We welcome you. And yeah, let's go for this ride. It's a journey that we all want to be on together. And it's not always the easiest one. We called it a call to action in a way, because it's not just a self-help book. I mean, we obviously put it out there because we want people to see it as a resource for for building oneself, you know, in the most secure way possible. But this is about all of us. It's not just about the individual. And I think you just stated it really well. That's that is our passion in this book. And that's why we're talking more about community in general from the very beginning when we're saying we want to build our community. This isn't just building our community of supporters. This is about building a community that feels very focused and excited about having avenues to talk about secure relating. So one way to do that is, you know, there's going to be so many millions of ways that, again, that we can't tell you because we don't know your individual circumstances, but, you know, it's to join in and to gather and to gather in something that is meaningful. And so our teeny, tiny, tiny little contribution to that is one way of doing that. And this isn't just self-promotion, but it's join the NeuroNerd patron community and let us help you connect with other people. And we can create these pods around anything of interest. And we hope to invite and support especially marginalized communities to be able to find one another. This is just one of a zillion things. And I hope that through all of these conversations that we're going to continue to have, that we want to promote security one episode at a time, I guess. <laughs> so we invite you to join in and just let's see how this unfolds. It's going to, it's going to take way beyond just us. It's, it's going to be a community effort. You know, the other thing is it's going to be so individual in the sense of I can know if I'm on the path and I can know now when I'm not on the path and it changes. It's not just like, oh, I'm a, I'm a good person and you're a bad person. It's more of like, no, I'm committed to continuing to figure out my own racism and continuing to look at how I, and my ableism and, you know, like I'm in it. And that's what we're inviting you to do is just to be in it. And it won't be visible to anybody else, but we want you to know you're in it, you're in it. And we are excited and we welcome you. And we do hope you join Therapist Uncensored dot com backslash join is just one of a zillion ways or just join the Facebook group. And I think I want to do a big shout out to those that have been supporting us. That has really helped us from the beginning. There are some people that have been with us from the beginning. We've met many of you. We've befriended some of you. It's just such an honor and such a privilege. So thank you for listening. If you want to pre-order the book, we would love it. (laughs) Securerelatingbook.com. Or, you know, just go into your Google and type in secure relating book, just those three words, and it'll pop up. The other thing we are doing is we're going to be promoting this through independent booksellers. And we encourage you to go to a local bookstore. We're going to have a specific local bookstore that is going to be helping us out, signed copies, all the fun stuff to come. And also one other thing is we're not going to be talking about this every time. (laughs) We're not going to be pushing this this whole time. We're not going to be about the book. I mean, we're going to be talking about secure relating. Sometimes I, when somebody's excited about a book, I'm like, oh God, the next six weeks yeah. are going to be all about their book. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. You can tell us if we're doing it too much. How about that? <laughs> I think this one, we just wanted to, we are excited to be done and wanted to share about what it's Listen all about. Listen to how apologetic I'm being. 
that's I was thinking that. I'm I was sitting like, why did you give up on sorry for talking about myself and something I want and see, I'm not finished. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is, Anne? It's like by taking up a little space and talking about these things that it's vulnerable. You're getting into your defense. You're more in your protective system. And so so I was feeling a little vulnerable. And so then I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to be too much. I promise. It's so funny. That's a good recognition. All right. It's a long journey. (laughs) We're on the journey together, all of us, right? There's no finished product here. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. We're excited about this new year. We just had a break and we're ready to go and have a lot of good content coming. All right. We'll see you around the bend. Therapist Uncensored is Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. This podcast is edited by Jack Anderson. 